Welcome to the Pop Cultist Podcast, where we rant about video games, movies, TV shows, everything under the sun of pop culture. Now, I know that there are a lot of podcasts like this that talk about something vague like pop culture, but every person has a unique point of view when it comes to things like this. Everyone has their opinions of what they like or how they see these, and that's what makes these podcasts more interesting. It's to see this unique point of view, and sometimes it's exactly the way you think of it. Sometimes it's nothing like that. So I would like to, you know, lend out my knowledge or my point of view to people who are interested in hearing something that they might agree about or they might completely disagree with. Okay, so now to give a bit of background, this is the inaugural episode, so I would like to um, pat myself on the back for finally starting it, uh, though it was a long and arduous and, and full of procrastination. What would we be talking about today? We're going to be talking about what I believe, oh no, 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 this is not believe, what I know to be the worst movie ever made. Now, a lot of people can ask, what is the worst movie ever made? And they'll all have their own opinion. Some people will think that it was M. Night Shyamalan's Avatar, which was full of really shady casting and completely wayward from the source material. Some people would think that it's Tommy Wiseau's uh, masterpiece, The Room. And a lot of those people would be right, unless they heard of this movie. Now, before I get into what this movie is, I would like to address those other movies that I talked about and why people consider them bad movies. Now, with Avatar, you can see the casting and it's completely uh, goes against the, the uh, source material of Avatar. Now, for those who haven't seen the film or don't know about Avatar, I really don't want to get into that. That's not what this is about. If you talk about The Room, though, it is really a badly made movie. It is really badly made. The writing is terrible. The acting is terrible. But Tommy Wiseau did not have all the screws in his head tight. Or I guess that he's he's just such a strange man and such an enigma that it's not the movie that itself got popular or the the idea or what that movie represented, but more of the making behind it that got popular and got this kind of cult classic uh, feel to it. But when you talk about these films, they all have something in common, that they, they actually did something right. With The Room, there's very little you can touch on what they did right, but there was still some things that they did right that it made it look like a movie. The movie, I believe to be the worst movie ever made is called After Last Season. This movie is something else. And for good reasons, a lot of the people in the world don't even know what it is. And I'm about to change that, hopefully. So After Last Season was... I, I think I'd like to get into the history of this movie first before I get into what it's about because... I watched the movie twice and I still didn't know what it was about and I had to look it up because nobody could tell me. There's no way you can get that plot in with the first watch. So the the movie is directed, produced, written, and 
has, and is, the cinematographer is the same guy, Mark Regan. And it took him five to six days. Apparently, this movie was 10 years in the making. And I guess the most shocking thing about it is that it had a $5 million budget. That is what sets it apart from Avatar or The Room or whatever people consider. Is that that budget does not warrant how bad this movie is. Now, an important thing is that this movie has been put, like, I mean, the director, just, I guess, and I don't think that that's a real important point. I don't want to get sued there. But he, it, from what I see, is that he is actually trying to squash this movie's existence. That's why he doesn't allow for uh, re-showing in theaters and things like that, or it being sold in Blu-ray. The movie is apparently about these two um, medical students who are who are using this kind of newfangled technology, which lets them see into each other's thoughts and dreams, and they're trying to solve a murder with that. Now the premise sounds weird, but you know we've heard weirder premises. The thing is that the way that this movie is shot is weirder than the premise would ever be. So, apparently, this movie relies heavily on CGI, which this is, uh, apparently, which is the source of most of the budget. I mean, the source of that $5 million or where it's been set, was spent was on the CGI. And he apparently used like thirty to $20,000 to shoot the rest of the movie. And the whole movie all takes place in one location, in one house. And you can tell. You can tell, about, tell that immediately. The first shot of the movie is an MRI, in an MRI scan room where the machine is made out of cardboard. And like they take A4 paper and plast it around the machine. You, they put this cheap sound effects and as the MRI machine is moving and it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. If, if children were playing with a, you know, making their own paper mache hospital, that's what it would look like. The acting was abysmal. From the first scene, the first scene, I remember it. The, the woman playing the nurse or the doctor or whoever it was, she screwed up her line. She tried to say cross-section, mumbled it, and the director decides that's the best cut for this movie. Now, the movie itself made me ill, physically ill. I could not watch it in one sitting, and both times I tried to. I had to stop because the way that the angles were shot and... And the the framing and everything was so disorientating and disgusting that you couldn't help but feel like vomiting. And I, I, I encourage some of you to see it. If you desire or if you're like a masochist or you'd love to hear or I mean feel motion sickness. So I, I played Mirror's Edge. Both of them. Both games that actually made people very ill with the motions and the blur, motion blurs and everything like that, didn't affect me 
Not like this movie. I had a fever that day. I remember it. Terrible, terrible movie. Now, the thing is, this movie is stranger than fiction. This movie's existence is stranger than fiction. That's one of the best parts about this movie. I actually would like to talk about how I came across it. I came across it by watching another movie reviewer's review of this. His name is Ralph Seppe, uh, Ralph the Movie Maker on YouTube. Now, he came across this, uh, are listening to a movie podcast by these four guys, I forget their names. And one of the guys, Carlisle, was talking about this movie and how that there's this internet community called the Pineapple Club based around this movie. And the interesting part about the Pineapple Club or this whole meme for the Pineapple Club is that it's just... It comes from one shot where they're showing these notice boards and in the corner, written in like, um, in just hand just handwritten note, written Pineapple Club amongst all these notes. And there's no context to that. What is the Pineapple Club? Nobody knows, but, you know, got popular. I want to get into one thing, though, about this director's intentions or because I actually, I can't get into his intentions because I don't know his intentions. I couldn't tell his intentions with making this movie, even if it was supposed to be a movie or some abstract art piece or some practical joke. So, But apparently his inspiration for this movie was The Sixth Sense and The Exorcist. It's, it's frightening, more frightening than The Exorcist, but for the wrong reasons. And it has more twists in The Sixth Sense, mind I tell you. And... The thing is, you can really understand that this guy, he just knows the bare bones, not even the bare bones, the, just the shallowest idea of filmmaking. Because he thinks the best idea is, I'm getting into spoiler territories now, so he thinks that the best twist is that the murderer of these things was a ghost, and to add that double whammy, the whole thing was just a dream. He decides to use these two twists in the same fucking convoluted movie just to emulate the sixth sense. Not understanding how the the twist of the sixth sense worked or why and what it made it, it the twist, not the fact that it's some kind of elaborate scheme, you know? Just you can't just throw something in there and then expect it to be a twist. There has to be some engagement. So, uh, actually, it's very reminiscent of Shyamalan's later movies after The Sixth Sense, but, you know, before Split, you know, when he started to redeem himself. Now, the movie is, you know, it's something I believe that there, it, there isn't a cult around it like The Room. For me, I believe it's a survivor's group. You know, you're not, you're not, in, a, you're not in this cult. You're in a survivor group who survived this atrocity. And the funny thing about that is that the guy who plays the lead actor, the, the lead actor, the I don't the male one, I don't care enough to remember his name. That actor is actually part of the most active community of, you know, after last season fans. Uh, and that's something I've never seen before you know because Tommy Wiseau he decided to kind of roll 
with the meme of the room, but it doesn't seem like he really truly understands that it's a bad movie. He still thinks that it's his baby, it's his gem. But, you know, as long as he's getting money and famous, it seems that he's going to go along with it. But this guy, he sees how bad it is. And he just, you know, he's, ta- he's rolling with those punches. And he's taking with stride. And it's, it's, it was something very unique to see for, you know, these really hammy movies, right? With the director still being kind of butthurt about it. And the actor kind of, you know, owning up to it. Now, I I, I think that the, there are m- multiple shocking things about this movie. One of them, to me, I believe is the Rotten Tomato rating. It's, it has 93%. Higher than Suicide Squad. Higher than, you know, Venom, which came out recently. And the thing here is... These are actual reviews done ironically, obviously, for some of them. But, you know, if you Google this movie and you don't know anything about the movie being of how actually bad it is, you're going to think, huh, it must be an okay movie. And this director, he was kind of lucky with that, I guess. And I remember I went through most of the reviews and there are some here that I love. Uh... One of the reviewers said that this movie is AIDS in a can, and he gave it five stars. And I can tell you I agree with that 100%. Another reviewer said it's poop, mind-blowing poop, five stars again. Another reviewer said, unquestionably the weirdest movie you'll ever see. If, it's, if this isn't a film made by an autistic person, it's the closest thing, closest thing to one we'll ever see made. Five stars again. You know, just telling you about how these reviews are very poignant to what this movie represents is baffling. And nobody can attest to it until they fucking see this terrible, terrible movie. And here's the funny thing is that why nobody saw it because it came out in four theaters in four different states and that is it, only for one night. People who went to see the movie thought it was a practical joke. (laughs) <laughs> and also, going uh, getting to the par- part of it being a practical joke, nobody actually thought this was a real movie when it first came out. When the trailer came out, they thought it was a viral marketing campaign for that other movie that came out in 2009 called uh, uh, Where the Wild Things At, right? Or Where the Wild Things Are. I forget the exact name. Now... That led up to people questioning if even if Mark Region is a real person, which I still can't believe because I don't know if a human being can make a movie like this. So, yeah. And, you know, just to prove to you how much this person who, who wrote this, wrote and directed this movie must not be real is just by talking about how some of the dialogue, which I will read out to you, where... uh. My uncle stays in that area and showed me a picture of it. That's, that's clearly how people talk. The end of a season means the beginning of a new one. Hearts hitting stuff, isn't it? You know, see, this is why I don't get, you know, how this movie isn't better known. Why this movie isn't being taught 
in uh you know in film school of what not to do but then I, and then i just take that second to reflect and nobody else could do this not with 5 million dollars by far the worst thing i have seen with my eyes and i have seen i said isis beheading videos anyway i give this movie a 5 star as well so uh that wraps up our first episode and just to let you know what kind of topics we'll dive into i think the the i give you an idea what the next episode will be like next episode is going to be on an rpg game that i believe really you know categorized itself as a true rpg true role playing game where my game playthrough was wildly different from the other people that i know their game you know playthrough and the kind of choices that you got from this game really made you feel like you could take in the you know the role of it and another thing this game did successfully was make vampires sexy again anyway uh this has been the inaugural pop cultist podcast and i would love to i hope that you guys can join us again and please drink the Kool-Aid <laughs>